0: sins like a dove. He baptizes with fire. He comforts. He guides. He is the spirit of life, that sense of truth, the voice of God. When you are alone, he is with you. And when you are afraid, he will carry you. Over and over again in the pages of the Bible, we see the mention of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in fact, the Holy, the Spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. Uh, in fact, it's in the very second verse of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, that word, Spirit, that in the Old Testament is the word uh, Ruach. Ruach. Very literally, it means a wind or a breath, a blast of breath. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes with power, the, that, that strong, Exhaling. Well, in the New Testament, the Greek word used for the Spirit, the Spirit of God, translated, is the word pneuma. And it means the same thing a wind, a current of wind, or a blast of breath. So in the New Testament, you see the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus in the form of the dove. You see uh, the Spirit, you see the people of God at Pentecost being empowered uh, and, and to do all sorts of miraculous works. And we see that in the pages of the Bible. You see the Holy Spirit empowering people with spiritual gifts to have a supernatural life in a very natural and broken and fallen world. And you also see the Holy Spirit giving people the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So many people, though, in our world, in churches, we see them living a life really without the Spirit. So many people are living this way, and God wants us to live a Spirit-filled, Spirit-controlled spirit-powered life. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, after all. We're gonna talk about the person of the Holy Spirit today. Next week, we're gonna talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, turn to John 14. And we're gonna look, when Jesus is speaking, and he is comforting his disciples, about him going away. And then he says these words to them. It starts there in verse 16, the words of Jesus as he's comforting his disciples, explaining as he's going away that he's gonna be building mansions in heaven for them. And uh, he's going to send someone to be with them and he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you. And it's not, for, it's not temporary. It's not for a while, the way we have seen maybe the Holy Spirit in Saul in the Old Testament, where it would come and go. This would be permanent. He will be with you forever. He says that. Uh, who is the counselor? Verse 17 shows the counselor is the Holy Spirit. He calls the counselor the Spirit of truth. Then the scripture says that the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Which is kind of like, you know, maybe for me, when I grew up, I grew up in a Baptist church. And so there was a lot of talk of Old Testament scripture, great teaching on that. And there was a lot of teaching on the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Promised One. I didn't hear a lot spoken about the Holy Spirit. And so for me, I didn't hear a lot about the Holy Spirit. That was for those churches down the block or that guy on TV or whatever, and so for me, I didn't know a lot. And so many of you come with your own story and maybe your own past. And today, I want to encourage you. And I want to, I, I want to encourage you with the Word of God. Because it, it says, But you know him, for he lives in you. And then here is the promise, and his promise is this. He will be in you. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, you know him, and he will be in you and with you. Now, I just want to encourage you. I, I, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, I just want to know, you to know, notice right up front, as him, not it. You notice that? He says he, uses pronouns, he, not it. Because many of us will say, well, I, I, it, 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 was, it was leading me. I felt like the Lord like the Spirit, and we term, term it like it, and it's the Holy Spirit is a he, the third part of the Trinity. You see that. So when you read the Holy Spirit in Scripture, you find that you can actually, you, you, he's, it's a he, him. Jesus calls him him. He's the third part. He's the third person in the Trinity. And So when you read in the Scripture, you find out that you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit, Him. You can actually grieve Him. You see, in Scripture, the Spirit of God in the Spirit has emotions. The Bible says the Holy Spirit loves you. And Jesus is going to say, I'm going to go away and send the Spirit to be within you. And He calls Him the Counselor. Now that word Counselor, when you see it, is the word paraclete. Uh, Parakletos or uh, paracletos. some people say it that way. The, re, re, the root word is paraclete. And so you see that word, it means the, the two words are together. Uh, para, and that is to come alongside, you know, like para church, how uh, para organizations come alongside the church. Para, alongside. And then called is the the cleat part. And and that is, very literally, that that word means to be called. The one that's called, the one that is called alongside of, or the one inside of the believer in Jesus. And so that's the role of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one called alongside to encourage you. So who is the paraclete? Very literally. Very literally translated, it is the intercessor. He who is the Holy Spirit, he is the one who intercedes and prays for you. He is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your advocate before God. He is your comforter. He is the helper, the paraclete. God in spirit form, who is called alongside of you and inside of you to help you, the comforter, to be your counselor, to be your intercessor, to be your helper very literally, to be your friend. So here's the truth of the Holy Spirit is a person and not an impersonal force. Just go over a little bit to John 16, verse 7, and Jesus is speaking, and he says some very powerful words that we ought to pay attention to. And that is in verse 7, in chapter 16, he says, "'Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Let's just stop right there. Really? These men and women who were followers of Jesus, who had built their lives around Jesus' teaching, he says, It is best that I go away. Can you imagine how they shuddered at the thought of that? how scared they were and how they felt like, oh no, my whole life is built around the following of Jesus here. I put everything aside to follow him. And Jesus tells them, it's best that I go away. And why does he say that? Why does he say that? For I, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, The helper will not come to you, but if I go, if I go, I will send him to you. Again, it's him, not it, him to you. It is to your advantage that the Holy Spirit will come and be your paraclete the one who comes alongside of you to help you live in a fallen and broken world. That's who he is to us, to help us live in a broken world. You're not left alone. The Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit is not, listen, So many of you might even think that the Holy Spirit was created by Jesus. No, the Holy Spirit is is not a creation of God. He is God. And so the Holy Spirit comes promised by Jesus to live within us, to be our paraclete, the one who comes in us to help us so that you are not left powerless in life. My pastor Bob Jaberg I was talking to him this week this past Wednesday on the phone and he said, "Johnny, sometimes I feel like the church has become father, son, and holy bible." Because it's great for us to transfer our faith from ourselves to the word of God. But where is the life, Johnny? Where is the power? We have ignored the Holy Spirit. We have ignored what he does in our lives. And so even in my background, not knowing, not being taught about the Holy Spirit, first of all, you know, we're normally down on what we're not up on. And so for many of us, and here's another thing we have seen abuses about the Holy Spirit, false teachings about the Holy Spirit. And I would even say that, especially in the charismatic movement. But let me tell you something. Excesses always appeal to emotional people. So, of course there are excesses in every part. And people can distort truth. I I believe that Jesus We cannot ignore his plan in sending the Holy Spirit for us. We are not left powerless. There are some of you that are still trying to figure this out. Like if I know more of the Bible, I'll be able to figure this out. And you have to understand that Jesus sent the paraclete to come alongside of you. You see, some of you are sitting here right now, and you think that you are powerless to see the changes that are God's will in your life. Maybe you even come here from Sunday to Sunday and say, I can't help it, Johnny. My mouth, I just, you know what, I, I just, I naturally, I'm just kind of wired to gossip. I'm kind of wired to not be able to control my anger. Johnny, that's just the way I am. That's just the way God created me. Now I want you to understand that you were not left alone in Jesus. I wanna encourage you And I want to say, I want you to wake up to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Listen, Jesus is alive. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the one whom we put our faith in for the forgiveness of sin, has sent his Holy Spirit to come alongside of you because you're called. Are you going to go back to what enslaved you in the past? He who is free is free indeed. Why would you say that you believe in Jesus, but yet you're powerless to overcome the things that enslaved you? And so I want to encourage you with all the passion. I do, I, I you know, sometimes I, I have another pastor named Don Finto, and he always said these words. He always said, just allow somebody to put their finger in your chest. you know. I I hated that when I played ball. I couldn't stand that when my coach would come up to me and shake his finger, but I needed that sometimes. I needed some people to walk alongside of me and kind of wake me up. And I wanna today wake you up and don't live a spiritless life. That is a lie from the devil that you have no power. There's no way you can overcome. I'm always gonna be this way. It's always gonna be this way. I wanna say to you today that God, through his infinite wisdom, sent his son Jesus so that we would have life and we're not left alone, that the Holy Spirit has come, the one whom he's promised, today. But there's so many people who don't live based on trusting the Spirit of God. It's why Francis Chan wrote a book called Forgotten God. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's great. It's a really a good book. There's a couple reasons why we don't, we don't live spirit-filled lives or we live this way. Here's the one reason. What I mentioned a little earlier about me. Some people aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. Uh, many of you may say, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I don't really know what he does. You know, it's kind of, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, it's kind of weird, yeah, I know who the Father is, I know the Son, I've heard the Holy Spirit, but but I just don't know what it's all about. Well, in the book of Acts, this also happened. At the books of Acts, if you if you want to turn there, Acts chapter nineteen, verse one. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus and there found some disciples. And these are the believers in Jesus. All right. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, obviously these people were not at Pentecost when the Spirit came and uh, they were baptized by John the, uh, the the Baptist, if you read on, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. We heard about Jesus. We knew John the Baptist, but who is the Holy Spirit? We don't know anything about him. Uh, there are many of us that might be in that same camp. We have, we've heard of God. We've heard of Jesus, so we, but we don't know how the Holy Spirit Who is the Holy Spirit? Christians all over the world are going through life without this power, without the guidance, without strength. So many people are living this way. And I want, and it's probably because they're unaware. The second is this. It's pretty clear. Some people are simply resisting the Holy Spirit. Some people are resisting. Many of us here, Maybe in this camp, the Holy Spirit has prompted you, if you're a believer, and has led you to do something, and you just kind of say, uh, I don't want to do that. Or many of you, you've, you've gone around and, and God has kind of warned you uh, and even convicted you, you shouldn't do something, and you, you say, Well, I'll be the exception. I know that it's wrong, but I'll go ahead and do it. I'll be the exception. I won't get in trouble, and you do it anyway. Or here's also what happens. God prompts you to do something good according to his word that that would be a good thing, and for you to act upon what you know, and for you to be generous, or for you to do something in Jesus' name, and you feel prompted to do something, maybe publicly or privately, and you... You say, no, I don't think I want to do that. I'd rather watch a little Netflix. I encourage you, no matter what we're talking about, there are many people that resist the Holy Spirit. Why are so many people living without the power and without the help of the Holy Spirit? Some are not aware. Some are resisting the Spirit. So I I want to just encourage you that the helper... The Holy Spirit has come to help you. And I'm just gonna give you three C's today of what the Holy Spirit, and next week we're gonna talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit really uh, helps guide our life. But here I just wanna give you the person of the Holy Spirit and just to give you kind of a taste of who he is in our lives, his role in our life. And you see it there in chapter 14, verse 16, uh, this paraclete, and and he says, uh, because the first thing he does is to comfort. One of the things he does is to comfort us. um, And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. You know what? Comfort, listen, Listen, because some of you might have never gone through anything hard in your life. You never lost anybody. You never had anything significantly negative happen in your life. You're thankful because you're blessed. There are a lot of people in this room that could tell you many times life is hard and you can't figure out what's going on. And in a fallen and broken world, folks, in a a world where evil many times prevail, because the prince of darkness, the prince of this world, has, for years, is raining havoc. I want to encourage you that there is comfort for you. The Holy Spirit has come to comfort us. There's some of you here today that are walking through some really hard things, and I want you to know that God knows who you are, and a part of Jesus coming and paying the price was to send the Holy Spirit so that when hard things would happen, you would know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And that the Holy Spirit comes, even though you're hurting, and even today, maybe even in your coming today and you're listening and you're focusing on Christ today and you're worshiping, you may have that sense of comfort Because the Holy Spirit is moving inside of you. Also, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He counsels us. He is your counselor. He is your guide. You, You don't know what to do. He can direct you. Look at John 16, verse 13. It says, but he, the spirit of truth, comes. He will guide you in all truth. You don't know what to do. So you just start praying and the Holy Spirit can give you direction. He can give you wisdom. He can give you discernment. It's constant awareness of the Spirit of God guiding you. Bible tells us in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the depths of the sea, you're there. If I go to the highest mountain, you are there. You're always with me. But isn't it interesting how so many times, even when we we live very uh, compartmentalized lives, so many times we think to ourselves, we live our life, and we think of church, and we say, oh, this is where this where God can help me, but then when we go to work, we just leave him in our car and we just go on inside. The picture you have of the Bible is that the Holy Spirit is with you, he is your paraclete, he is the one who's helping you, and when you go in, He is with you, and no matter how it is, how dramatic it may be that where you work or what you do, or your family, some of you students who go home and maybe your family is not believers, maybe your extended family are not believers, I want you to know you are not alone. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you, and he is in you, and he can give you not only the comfort in no matter what circumstance, but also he can teach you if you will listen to him and if you will ask of him. I just want to encourage you today to lean into that. And here's the third thing is that he will convict you. We need that. Because left to ourselves in Ephesians chapter 2 it says for we were enemies. We were enemies of God. Naturally, we don't we don't do the right thing because of our fallen nature. But Jesus Christ, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so that we are we are redeemed by Jesus' blood, that's truth. But we are being made into his masterpiece, his workmanship. You were created for good works. You were created. And this is what I was trying to say even last week. Don't you dare give up. Allow him to shape you. And it's important, even as you said here today, there are some things that you are convicted of that the Holy Spirit has whispered in your ear. Don't resist him. Don't resist the Holy Spirit this morning. Say, Lord, that's true. What what Johnny is talking about right now, I need more of you, and I need to stop resisting you. And Lord, Holy Spirit, move in my life. I want to give you permission in my life. Speak to me about that. And he will convict you. He will counsel you. He, the Spirit of God is here. So many people say, what would you do? If? It's a great small group question. I used to ask when I was a youth pastor, what would you do if Jesus walked in the door physically? You know what? Jesus is alive and he sent his Holy Spirit to be in you. He is with you. If you have named the name of Jesus, he is with you and he wants to convict you. You know, so many people, I'm I, I, I am so thankful for the time I've had to minister in Jesus's name over the years. And I, so many people will say, well, Johnny led me to the Lord. And I do love the opportunity to either baptize or get alone with somebody. And they're, they're saying, I, I need Jesus. And we just pray it. And I love to be right there. But you know what? It is not me. It is the Holy Spirit who is calling you. And I want you, if I could just sit across the table, I wish I could talk to each one of you, dads, moms, grandma, all of you students here, and tell you that the Holy Spirit, that he wants to come into your life and lead you. It is not me, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. Listen to him. So what is it this morning for you? I mean, the Holy Spirit has convicted you of. What is it? What is it that, that he has said to you, I just wanna encourage you to get over your pride, and I want you to, this morning, to say, I want more. If there's more of God, I want more of God. I've trusted Jesus, but I want more of Him. I want you to invite the Lord. Some of you have, have trusted Christ, and but you have really been resisting the Holy Spirit, I want you this morning to pray and say, Lord, I want more of you. I want to be more aware of you. And Lord, I want to stop resisting you. I want to be aware of what you're doing right now, Lord. Jesus is alive, folks. His kingdom is, we are living in a day, yes, where we see complete evil in the world. But I want to encourage you that the Lord has given us his Holy Spirit. So what is it for you? Would you pray with me right now? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And today I want you to invite him to help you. I want you to do that. I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to help you. Some of you are being convicted of some things in your life right now as I speak. How will you respond? Will you resist him or will you invite him? And if you're saying here today, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life, I want you to raise your hand right now as an act of faith. Thank you, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God all over. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Say yes to God today. Say yes. I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual hunger of this church. And I pray, God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. I pray that in the weeks to come, Lord, We would seek you as we get to know you more and more and that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we'd be controlled by the Holy Spirit, that we would know your presence, Lord, that we would be aware of your guidance and your comfort and that we would experience your prompting, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, in every single way and aspect of our life. I pray, Lord, that we would not go through life in just our own power, but that, Lord, we would lean on you and that we would, even when we're struggling, Lord, that we would know the supernatural power and presence of your spirit fills us, Lord. And, Lord, now we pray, we invite your Holy Spirit that we would live a life that would bring glory and honor to you, Lord. We believe you, God, for what you are doing, and then we thank you for the impact in our lives, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, others of you here might not be a church person, and, uh, but you have strangely felt under conviction today, and I want you to know that is the Holy Spirit calling you. And if you have never said yes to Jesus, that is the Holy Spirit calling you. And I pray today that you would not resist him. On April the 6th, 1980, I said yes to Jesus. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I would invite you to come to the cross today. If you've never given your life to Christ, there are some folks, I don't know who they are today, but you can go ahead and come on over here. There's gonna be some folks that are gonna come here. And and, and if you've never given your life to Christ, I would encourage you to do that today. We're gonna finish the service in just a minute. I would invite you, listen, today is your day. God has not left you alone. Jesus died on the cross for you. You not only can know him, but you can walk with him. So after we're finished here, I would invite you to come right down here and some folks will pray with you and talk to you a little bit about that decision. Now, here's the other thing. Everybody get their bullets out, all right? I got a little homework, all right? All right. Now, my pastor, Bob Yaberg, used to talk about how David Maine taught him to do I spy. Y'all know the I spy thing. I don't know the poem. Y'all don't know the poem? What's the poem? I spy. It was, yeah, yeah, I spy with my little eye. Something that is, and then you say, like, red. Okay? And so... When we do that, when you say that, if you say, I spy with my little eye, and the color of it is red. If I said red, and we're all looking around, we'd all be looking, wouldn't we? We'd be like, okay, the red jacket, red. we red. be I mean, like, a red guitar up there. Is it the guitar? You know, kind of thing. And then you'd be like, oh, there's a little box right there. That's red. And we're looking everywhere, aren't we? We're just looking, because it's like I spy. It's we look around. We're very attentive, aren't we? We're looking. It's part of the game. I want you to look for God this week. I want you to have some God spottings in your life. So many times we just go through life, we're not even looking for what he's doing. So this week, I want you to take that card that's on the front of your bulletin off and look on the back side of it, all right? So what I'm inviting you to do is I want you to look for God at work. Look for God spottings. God is with us. God is all around us. He's on the move. We're trying to wake up to what he's doing and what the Holy Spirit's doing around us. All right? Just like, guys, all through this room, there are radio waves going through this room. Anybody here got a radio in their pocket? Nobody does. See, you don't have a receiver to get them, do you? Uh. There are television waves going through here and everything. Anybody got a TV sitting in front of them? No, no. You've got to have a receiver to get those waves. The same thing is true for the Holy Spirit and what God is doing. I want you to be the receiver this week. I want you to be looking for what God is doing around you. So I'm asking you to take that card that we printed on the front and I want you to have some God spottings this week. I want you to see where God is at work, transmitting and moving. Are you aware of what he's doing? God is with us. Now here, you might say, well, I don't know what you're talking about, Johnny. I'm gonna give you four things real quick. You're looking for God's answers. God's answer to prayer, okay? The Second thing is this. Look for God at work. An opportunity to serve or to act on his behalf. Just something that comes up like, whoa, what was that? Some place where you could see, where maybe you could serve. Here's the third thing, God's timing. An incident to meet someone or a meeting that can't be explained. God's care is another thing you want to look for. And that is... God saving us and protecting us. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, we could be here all morning. Telling you, one time, Sherry and I, a lot of times we pray before we go on trips. And one time we were up in North Webster and we were driving down to Indianapolis. And we were on Route 15. We prayed before we left. And I remember we were driving on 15. I think it was around Swayze 15 go through Swayze? Whatever we was on, it was around Swayze. And we were going to pass a big old truck in front of us that had a couple ladders. And we pulled into the left lane. And as we pulled into the left lane, a ladder, a huge ladder, fell off of that truck and went right in the lane where we were. Now, some of you are like, well, you know, that's just the way of the world. That's whatever. No, we prayed before we left. God protected us. Another thing, I give you an example, an, I could, like I said, there's so many things. Well, I, sometimes I, I'll go to the grocery store and a lot of times I'm kind of looking out for, you know, just for anything that God might want to do. Well, when I see a West Virginia jacket, I see WVU jacket, man, I perk up, man. I see a WVU jacket, that, that WV, that sticks out, it's like a, it's like a horn to me a lot of times I just will say hey to people every once in a while. But for some reason, many years ago, I went into Scott's, and there was a guy with WU and he had red hair, and he had two boys that had red head. I mean, they were bright red head, cutest kids you ever saw. And so uh, I had walked, you know, I was lost. I, I, at a grocery store, I am pathetic, actually. I walked back, I'm like, okay, uh, oh, I gotta go get the canned thing. So I gotta go back over. I'm just back and forth. Well, I kept going back, this, back and forth, this guy with these two kids. So finally, at the very end, there was nobody behind him. And I was like, oh, I gotta talk to this guy. I said, hi, I'm Johnny, you know. And he said, well, I'm John. His name is John Gallagher. He's from West Virginia, of course. And he was from Wheeling, and I was real excited to meet him and everything. He says, and I said, hey, man, uh, I don't know why. I just I want to invite you to church, man. And he's like, yeah, he was the president at Tuthill Industries over in Fort Wayne, and they were new to town, and they didn't have a church, and they'd not been to church in years. And, hey, maybe we'll come. And he starts coming to the church, and after a while, he and his wife get saved. And then he not only is that, he becomes uh, an, a leader in the church over those years. And I'll never forget one time, he's, he's out east now, he lives in Virginia now. He's the head of some big medical thing over in Virginia. And I'll never forget him writing. He said, boy, I sure am glad you listened to the Holy Spirit when you were in that Scots. You just never know, folks. You just never know. And I want to encourage you to look out to see what the Holy Spirit is doing around you. And so I pray this week you'll take that card and kind of keep track of the things that you see. Keep looking for God. Be aware this week, all right? Now, I know I've kept you over, but I pray that the Lord will help you. The helper will help you see what he's doing. And I did the Monday through Saturday thing on purpose, all right, because... So many times we're Sunday Christians. Let's look for what God is doing Monday through Saturday. Now, you keep track of this, and I pray this will be an encouragement, and you'll grow to trust him more. God bless you, and have a great week.